I am excited to announce my new podcast, Giving Legends. It's an opportunity for me, Hannibal Navies, and my co-host, Charlie Batch, to talk with people of influence who are committed to building a legacy through service. Stay tuned and learn what makes them Giving Legends. Welcome to another edition of Giving Legends Podcast, and we are joined, I'm here with Hannibal Navies, along with my good friend, Jerome Bettis. How you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, man. Not a problem, man. As, as we all get back, part of this podcast is talk about what we're doing off the field. But, of course, yep. we got to touch a little bit about, you know, you and what you did on that field, man. It, mm-hmm. Obviously, a Hall of Fame career. What do you remember about your <laughs> career? Obviously, is it taking you many different places? Yeah, that, that's that's the uh, interesting part. My, my career was, a you know, a lot of – probably shouldn't have happened, right? You know, probably shouldn't have been playing football. I didn't start playing until high school. And so uh, the career kind of came out of nowhere. I, I didn't initially, when I started playing football, I didn't love the game and all those kind of things. So we'll talk about, a little bit about that later in terms of um, how I got started from a foundation perspective um, and it, because there's a correlation to to football there. But my career was uh, was such that I was always evolving, because obviously having, you know, not having a long history of of playing the game, like from Little League and all that, I didn't really know the positions that I was playing. And so, you know, in college I played fullback. When I got to the NFL, they moved me to tailback. And so it was a, a, a plethora of, of different things that I needed to learn that I didn't know. So, you know, the one thing I did know was the blocking part, right? I had that figured out from playing fullback. But everything else was was a learning process. So each year of my career, I had to learn something. So, you know, my first year, uh, I'll never forget, I, I had a great year. I was rookie of the year and everything, but I was beat up because I didn't make anybody miss. I was just hitting everybody. I mean, I was, I was a fullback, you know, playing tailback. And so I was just a, a bull in the china shop. Uh, and I, I knew that if I wanted to play this game long term, that I needed to to evolve, and I needed to change, and I needed to be a tailback and not a fullback. And that meant learning how to make people miss, learning how to stiff arm, spin move, all these kind of things. Third, third arm, you know, third leg, you know, balancing. And so all these things I had to to set out to learn each off season. So the first off season. I was I was working on a stiff arm, you know, and then there was a, a guy that had played with me at Notre Dame, uh, Ricky Waters. He had a great stiff arm, so I used to go back and watch watch his stiff arm, how he did it, you know, and you know how natural it was, and just just trying to learn it. So in the off season, that's all I was doing, was just just hitting everything I could hit, bang, 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 right. And so the next season was the spin move, and I looked at Barry Sanders. He had the best spin move ever because he could spin and not lose any of the momentum. And then he was right, right back in, uh, into his, um, his run. So that was like, okay, that, that was that was important. And then, um, you know, the next year it was about, you know, really being good at making people miss, right. Really working on it, the three-step bang, bang, bang. And so each year it was always something to get better, to get better, to get better. And so with my career, you know, for it to end up in the Hall of Fame, uh, it's one of those you say, wow, because I, I, I didn't see that coming because <laughs> I, I didn't even plan on playing in the NFL. Right, right. <laughs> so, so to have all of that success happen 
um, I think back on my career and, be, and and I know that I'm very blessed because, you know, it wasn't something that I set out set out to do and to be able to have had the career that I've had, and, you know, the numbers and, you know, win a championship and, and to do all those things and uh, to finish, you know, my career in the Hall of Fame, it's just special. Really oh, nice. Absolutely. And it's been a blessing to watch you, of course, when you <laughs> became a member of the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, that's my um, hometown, born and raised there, so I was excited. Yeah. But then ultimately having a chance to play with you and, and getting to that point. And here's the one thing, Hannibal, that people don't know. Like running backs, you know, you're kind of watching the quarterback drills all the time. And you're going back to doing three-step, evading the rush, and Jerome would always em- emulate that, right? He'd be like, oh, this is what I would do here. Boom, boom. It probably was – so in 2001 – you think you threw a touchdown pass against the Buccaneers, right? Yes. So you threw a half-back pass against yeah. the Buccaneers. So I thought it had to be, I don't know if it was 2002 or 2005. We were playing the Bengals. We were in Cincinnati. And Jerome would always say, man, if I threw this pass, man, I would, you know, I would evade. I'd go ahead and buy time. <laughs> I would throw. We were on the 10-yard line, and we called a half-back pass. And they pitched this ball to Jerome. <laughs> and he goes, and he's evading. He's evading. He gets tagged good. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> he throws that ball. Now we go on and score on that play, but not on that touchdown. But he comes to the sideline, and everybody's like, JB, what happened to all that moves? You want to make somebody <laughs> miss? He's like, man, they let me have it. Yeah, it, it's, it <laughs> you, you learn that your position is your position for a reason. <laughs> and you, you need to stay in your lane yeah. uh, because <laughs> that quarterback position is serious. You got Spears you know, coming at you every which way, uh, and everything speeds up. <laughs> A little faster than, than, you know, I was presuming. Uh, so, yes, I was uh, very much mistaken. That, yeah, that was a hilarious moment, man. I like, I don't know if you talked about that uh, one many times, but that was no, hilarious. No, we that, laughed about that one on the that, sideline. That's one that I don't really recall very much, uh, very often. Because not too many times I took a, could, took a good shot. Absolutely. And that's where I, I really couldn't protect myself as much as I wanted to because I had to get the ball out. At least get it out of bounds so that we didn't lose yard. So it was that they got, that was a they tough got a free one. shot on you. Yeah, it pre, it, it, I didn't like that. Exposed didn't the like ribs that. and everything. Didn't like that. <laughs> didn't like that. I had all. to I had to laugh at that one because that's the first time I really talked about that with you on that particular show. But man, we're talking about as you kind of go through the course of your career. At some point, of course, the way that your career was going, and you decided mm-hmm. at some point that you were going to decide to give back and maybe start mm-hmm. your foundation. Take me through that process. So. I would like to thank Athletes Charitable for sponsoring today's Given Legends podcast. Athletes Charitable offers a concierge membership service that provides the tools and resources to build a legacy through service. Our athlete-led team has the first-hand experience and expertise to provide hands-on support that simplifies the entire process for athletes and entertainers to reach their social entrepreneurship goals and create lasting impact in their communities. To learn more, check out the link in the bio. Uh, like I was saying a little earlier, my my career started in high school. I'd said in high school, I've got to figure out a way to get to college. I've got an older brother, older brother, older sister. And I said, I knew our family structure. I knew financially we had no way uh, of getting me to college. My, my sister was, was going, my brother. Uh, and so for me, I knew there was not going to be any money left to go to college. So I said to myself, um, I've got to find a way to get to school, right? What, what can I do? And so 
football was was became the natural choice. I wasn't tall enough for basketball, uh, but I was pretty fast, pretty good athlete. So I said, I'll, I'll play football. And and so I, I went out, played my first year. Yeah, you know, moderate success was, was a backup linebacker, played a little bit on the varsity team, but um, for the most part played on JV. And so that summer I went to a football camp. And it was the Reggie McKenzie football camp. And Reggie was a former Buffalo Bills player, offensive lineman, uh, went to University of Michigan, uh, you know, was a All-American, and, you know, had a ton of success. And so he decided to give this football camp. And I went to the camp for the first time after my freshman year, and I was blown away at the competitiveness, the level, uh, how guys got kind of – uh, interacted with each other. It was it was you know school against schools. You know I had about six or seven of my teammates there, and and in all the rival schools, you see the kids right. And so it was one thing to play against them. You know the helmets, and you don't have any kind of connectivity. But now you're in you're in the lines with these guys. You're talking to them, and you get you get some camaraderie right. And so I'm like, man, this is this is pretty cool. And so then you have. The, the pros that were there, um, um, the the guy who was kind of leading the charge, obviously it was Reggie McKenzie's camp, but Pepper Johnson, who was a linebacker for New York Giants at the time, and, and they had just won the Super Bowl, or I think they were going right about winning the Super Bowl, he was the director, right? And so it was him, Keith Byers, Chris Carter, I mean, all these guys, right? And I'm like, man, this is amazing to see these NFL guys. Well, even more important than that, Pepper Johnson went to my same high school. And so I was like, wow. I mean, I didn't even consider a career, you know, in the NFL. I was just like, wow, these guys kind of, you know, came from the same place that I, I come from and they, you know, they do the same things that that I've I'm doing now, right? Why can't I? And so that that's kind of started the process of well, maybe maybe this can be something, right? And didn't know what, but I developed the love of the game going to that football camp. And so went back the next year. And so each year it was more of a push to be become the leader, you know, one of the leaders of that of that group, you know, and, and, and so you, so it was just, you did everything for that, that week because I wanted them to know who I was. I want all the players. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Right. So it was just that competitiveness. It just came out of me and out of nowhere, it was like, boom. Well, it, the, the camp also focused on you as a, a student, so they had a, a mentoring program. They had a, a SAT program. So they had all these programs. I'm like, man, and, and they're helping me out in so many ways. I was just, I was so thankful, right? And so as my career developed, um, you know, I go back my junior year, go back my senior year, and, you know, everything's starting to happen. And then I, I go to Notre Dame, and I was just so happy to be able to come back because that now I was able to be a coach, right? So now I'm a coach at the camp, and I'm going through it. And I, and I asked Reggie, um, you know, well, why do you do this, right? Well, why are you 
doing this because I found out that he wasn't making any money. I mean, he was actually, you know, paying some money, some of his own car out of coming out of his pocket for some of the lunches and stuff like that. And I'm like, Reggie, what? Why are you? Why are you doing this? And he and he, I never forget. He said, "If I can affect one kid's life, if I can change one kid's life, then it's all worth it." And I'm I'm sitting there like, "You changed my life, man. You you did right." And so, once I I realized how powerful that was. I said to myself, when I get the opportunity, I will make sure that I'm going to build a foundation that's going to try to affect and change the trajectory of just one kid, right? And that's my mindset. And so when I when I got to the NFL, uh, that that's that was my purpose. I said I've got to find a way to to start a, a foundation and, and hopefully affect kids and and try to do it uh, maybe not the same way, but um, but get get the same uh, uh, results, right? And so that that was that was my my mission. And then I said, okay, I've got to I'll figure it out. Uh, obviously I was playing in Los Angeles, so it was a lot harder, uh, to do some of the things I wanted to do. So as I got to a little bit closer to home in Pittsburgh, the foundation kind of ramped up and we started doing a lot more. And, and the goal was always just to try to affect, uh, young kids life and, and, and change their trajectory because I was an at-risk kid, uh, and I was fortunate enough to go to a camp and and it changed my life and so if if I can do that then that's what it's all about and that's what made me really want to to start my foundation and I think ultimately um when you get to that point of starting it but you had many different ways that you could have went mm-hmm. you could have went football camp you what yep. you did you yep asthma you know something mm-hmm. that impacted you as a child but then ultimately you focused on literacy you know, talk about how you got to that point and maybe how you kind of integrated all of those into one. Yeah. So we've, we've had different iterations of, of, you know, the foundation in terms of what we've kind of focused on. And so, yeah, we, you know, we, we did the football camp. That was the, the easiest, obviously, um, because we were able to, uh, kind of piggyback off of, you know, the Reggie McKenzie, uh, camp. So I became the director of the camp, right? That was the, the natural order of things. And, and so my foundation was involved in all of those things as well. And then, uh, we did a camp in Pittsburgh, uh, as well. So, so just, just trying to, uh, you know, build off of that. And then uh, eventually we said, you know, we want to do more. We, we, we think we're ready. Uh, because what a lot of people don't realize is it's a lot of work. Uh, a foundation is not just hey, I'm I'm, I'm gonna slap my name on the, on the wall and 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 you know we'll throw some money at it and go. and so it was a, and I you know I'm 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 really proud of my foundation because I have never put money my money in the foundation. I always felt that that that's not the right way to do things to use it as a uh, you know opportunity to get some kind of benefit from a taxable standpoint. And I always felt that if, if you're going to help, you're going to, you know, you got to raise, raise the funds. You got to, you know, show people your commitment. And it's not just me throwing money at it, uh, trying to make it right. So th- that was, that was the first, first part of it. And then I said, okay, what can we do ne- next? You know what I'm saying? And so the, you know, the, the next part was we started a, a, um, a scholarship, 
Uh, and so the scholarship was was for any kid that that went to Notre Dame that that played in any of the cities that I played in. So uh, and, and it and it kind of grew because obviously I was only in, had only been in L.A. and St. Louis, and then when I got to Pittsburgh, and then it was Detroit, it was Detroit, and then it was um, all of all of the cities at, at that point uh, that I had played football in so then we said okay well we want to do more we want to try to uh, impact kids at, at a younger age because what we realized was do, doing the football camp was one thing but the kids that we're reaching it's kind of too late to really impact them in a way that is beneficial for them uh, going forward, right? So we said, you know what? We want to reach them a little earlier than high school. We want to reach them in middle school, where then they can they can take this information, they can use it, and they can build from it, right? And so you said, okay, let's go a little younger. So then we went middle school and we started doing programs just to really try to reach the kids in, in middle school. And now we've kind of dipped into uh, you know elementary side but more middle school. Uh, and so we want to try to affect them uh, that way. And so now um, after COVID, we, we took another pivot. And then we said, okay, the kids are, are really struggling in terms of uh, the connectivity. They either don't have devices or they don't have the connectivity to get on the, on the to get to the internet, right? So what do we do? So then we started to provide uh, those things, right? Uh, tablets and, and connectivity. And then we said, okay, well now we have to provide a place for them to go, right? And so then we started to do a, a session where they would come in and we would call it the check-in. You come in, you check in, and we have um, classes, Right. And, and so we have different different teachers teaching different subjects in different days. Uh, and so and that was through COVID because obviously, you know, the kids weren't uh, weren't in school. And so we just felt this was a, a cool way. And we had music going, had a DJ and it was just uh, a, a great way to really bring the kids in. Um, obviously, there was no after school uh, uh, situation. So we created this this check in. Uh, philosophy, and then we said, okay, well, now we want to take it to the brick and mortar side, and so we 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 teamed up with Ford Fund in Detroit, and 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 put the started putting the programs uh, on the ground, and so that's been uh, the next iteration of what we're doing. We're actually, you know, this is we had our our sixth year of of classes. That we are, you know, graduating kids and, and and taking them through full rotations. We've got an entrepreneurship class, and I, I was so happy because just uh, last week we had a, another group that just graduated, and so we had two girls who had come back. They had a, a younger daughter, a younger sister that was that was in the program, and these girls had been out of the program. They were they were one girl was just graduating high school. And it just made it gave me so much joy when she told me, "Yeah, I've got I got his company. I've you know since I was in the program, you know it's the 
third or fourth iteration of the, of this company. What we're doing, we're now we were we were baking, selling baked goods, and now we have cookies and this and that, and then it kind of grew to to different things. So now she's kind of a, a um, all things desserts, and so and she's online, and I'm like, wow, it's just incredible, because I, I always felt that that entrepreneurship it can be taught to a degree and in, in the belief that you can go out and build your own brand, start your own company, do the things that you want to do. You, you just need a little bit of a push. Right. And so that's why I wanted to come up with this entrepreneurship. Um, uh, you know, some people thought ah, maybe entrepreneur, well, you need money. I said, well, you don't, you need an idea, right? You need belief. And, and I think that that's kind of how it all started. So I'm just, I was just so proud to see the girls come back. It was two two young girls. One just graduated. One is graduating next year. They went through the, all the way through the program, and they both have their own companies, and, and they got an EIN number. And all this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, this is incredible. Right. So it's just it's great to see how, you know, you start something and see where it, where it goes. And uh, I'm, I'm just so happy to have done that because – Again, all I want to do is affect one kid, right? And and to know that that they're taking from this and they're growing it and taking it way past what I saw, right? Because I saw it as a opportunity to learn, you know, how to if you know down the road maybe you may want to start something and you have a little bit more of a of of a belief that you can uh, and not like this is so strange and foreign to me that that's what my thoughts were. I wasn't that, you know, we're going to start companies now and, and that these companies are going to go forward. That was never the thought, but to see it happening is just like, um, it's a, a, a great, it was a great moment that um, I was able to enjoy because it's, it's actually coming to fruition. One thing I was going to ask you, JB, um, I, I obviously know about your football accolades uh-huh. and, and, and know all about that, but I, I know a lot of people that know you play with you, and they, they don't speak about your football. They speak about you more off the field and mm-hmm. being around you in your philanthropy more than they talk about anything, man, which is why you're here on Giving Legends. I guess one of my questions is how did, you know, and every time I attend your events, you have so much support from your teammates and people around mm-hmm. the field and just athletes in general. How important is that support from other people, other athletes to your to your foundation? It's impor- It's critically important because, you know, as a former football player, you use whatever celebrity you have to try to, you know, create that change, right? To try to draw in um, that investment of of whether it's financial uh, or you know or that investment in time, right? That that the parents uh, give us, you know, their children for a couple hours a day, and and that's an investment that they're they're making, right? And so. To have the guys come in and 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 show that they're vested as well because they could be anywhere, right? Guys, you know, they're busy as ever, right? And so to carve out some time to to come and, and celebrate uh, what I'm doing, the foundation, and 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 help me, you know, raise the the funds for that that investment. It's it, it's so important because um, you can't do it without 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 them. And so to know that that they're willing to help, um, it makes a big difference. And, and I just believe that if you you do the right things and you the right you know you do you do right by people, they'll do right by you, sure. right? And so I try to support 
all of my teammates is, and my former teammates as much as I can and, and, and all of the guys from all over the, the NFL. Um, I try to do that because I understand what they're doing, right? Because it's exactly what I'm trying to do, right? I know how difficult it is. I know what we try to do, raising money. And, you know, we're out there, we're begging, you know, but we're begging for these kids, right? It's like, I don't, I'm not too proud, you know, because I know who is benefiting, Right, I don't, I can care less about, man. You, I can care less about what what you think of me. Um, it's what you think of these kids, and and what what's going to happen if I don't, right? And so that's those are the things that I think about. I missed that opportunity to reach that kid because I didn't. That that's not going to be the reason. So that's that's kind of how I approach it. I remember, and I have firsthand knowledge and being a locker mate of his for years, sitting back and seeing how he conducted his business. And really, one of the things that I appreciated was the fact that even at Christmas, you get to the point and, you know, everybody kind of going around, floating around, and everybody was just like, man, they would have so many requests from families that I would love something signed by Jerome. And JB didn't waver from that. He sat in his locker during lunchtime, and it was almost like, whatever you need me to sign, brother, I got you. And he would just sit there and sign everything. And everybody's like, wow, that's JB. And I remember one of the questions that I asked him early on when I first got to, there, got to Pittsburgh in 2002. I said, JB, why do you show up to everybody's event? Like, all the things you have going on. And he remember, he looked right now. He said, man, if I don't show up to their events, how can I expect them to show up to mine? And that was right there. I was like, that's, that's who you have right there. That's the type of person he is, to your point, Hannibal. When people talk about him, they talk not only on the field, but off the field because how genuine of a person he is. Absolutely. Question I also have for you is is really about, you know, one of the reasons why we do this podcast is to give back to the next generation of athletes or, or philanthropists that want to do what we've, what we've done, right? And you spoke about it earlier, about it being very difficult. A lot of people just think you put your name on something. They think, Jerome Bettis, he's going to get all the money in the world. He's fine. He's good, right? But it's a lot of work that you put into that. So if you can go back to the beginning days, right, of when you started this and, t- and talk to your younger self about the woes and, the, and really the work they had to go through, what would you change? What would you tell your younger self about philanthropy or foundation work that you're doing now that you, if you could change it back in the day? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, <laughs> If I had to do it all over again, um, I would have, I, I probably would have met more, met more people outside of the world of sports. So my first three years, or four, four or five years, I don't know if I can remember one person that I met um that I tried to even develop a relationship with um, from a foundation standpoint, right? And so you meet all these people and they want to help. And so you just have to be willing to, to ask the question, right? Hey, are you interested in doing this? And your company, do the, you know, and I met so many people, right? And, and you're like, I lived in L.A. for after I, I left there, I was in Pittsburgh. I was still there for about seven years. So it's like nobody. I didn't reach out to anyone there. And I would tell myself, hey, man, get a pen. You get that business card. Write that moment, how you met them, and, and a little something to remind you. And save that business card, right? Call him. Send him a picture. Let him know, hey, man, I appreciate meeting you, right? And I want to talk about my foundation down the road, if it's possible, right? Any of that, right? And I didn't do any of that. And so I think about the missed opportunities 
that um, that were there because, like I said, it's tough, you know, raising the, raising the funds for these programs, um, and you building the relationships with the with the corporate partners that you have. Uh, and so I think I missed a ton of corporate opportunities uh, that I had. I, you know, I was doing commercials and all this kind of stuff with all these companies, uh, and they're getting the benefit right of my celebrity. But I'm not taking advantage of that opportunity, and and I think if I had a chance to go back, it, it'd be a totally different story. I, I you know I, I figured it out, but I figured it out you know six seven you know years in as opposed to two three years in. So my old self, I would go back and be like, hey man, take advantage of that. I would like to thank United Charitable for sponsoring today's Giving Legends podcast. United Charitable is a national nonprofit that focuses on guiding you on your charitable journey. Whether you like to simply streamline your giving or you like to create your own charitable initiative, United Charitable has the knowledge and resources to support you. If you'd like to learn more, check out the link in our bio. And and getting to that point, like you say, figuring it out. And once you figured it out, man, you did so in a big way. How humbling was it? When you received that phone call and you were named NFL Man of the Year, that was that was amazing because, again, it's not that I did any of this for the attention for the accolades. I mean, I did it because I knew that's what that's what was important to me, uh, and so to be acknowledged, right, and and, and um, Given the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, obviously uh, being a running back as well, and, and Walter Payton being uh, an and and hero of mine because growing up in Detroit, we saw we saw the Bears twice a year, uh, and so I got a chance to see a whole lot of Walter Payton, and he did a lot of running uh, against <laughs> us. So, you know, I was a big fan, and so to ultimately get the award uh, and what the award signifies right what it means um that was the humbling part about it because obviously there was no um blueprint to it it was about trying to do the best i could and and try to impact as many kids as i could and it's just great to see that the what the nfl has done with the nfl man of the year because when i won it you know it was a you know we i got the award at the commissioner's press conference Right. And it was a small little blurb that he got a chance to acknowledge. And now they bring a lot of light to it. And it's important because it it shines a light on all of these players. Right. That are doing great things in their communities. But it gives them an opportunity, a vehicle uh, for have to have the the donations. Right. And so and. That's the lifeline of any foundation. So, to give the to give all of these foundations um, that opportunity, shine a light on them. That I, I just think it's an incredible uh, thing that that the NFL has has done and how how they've developed and, and grown the award. Because I think it is that important. It really is. It's it's that important because you know. Uh, so many players are given so many opportunities. It's uh, it's important to try to give back as best you can. And, and but I do tell guys, if it's not in your heart, don't do it. If it's not in your heart, don't do it because you're going to fail. Be, if it's not 
the right intentions, right? If you if you're not doing it for the right reasons, is because it's tough, and a lot of guys don't realize how tough it is, and they're like, oh man, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a foundation under it. And then all of a sudden, the foundation, you know, it's not a 501c3. You didn't do, uh, you didn't fill out all the all the, the, the correct forms. You didn't go through the process. And all of a sudden, now you got this money here, and it's not um, tax deductible. And now you got all these problems that you're dealing with. And now you're like, okay, well, um, yeah, what, what I just, I'm throwing here, throwing here. And, and you're not making the impact that you really could if you took your time and you did it right. And that's what I tell guys. I said, Try to figure out what's important to you. It may not be a foundation. It may be a cause, right? I support breast cancer for for this reason, right? My my mother is a is as a breast cancer survivor, and so it is important to me, right? Um, so if that's important to you, then focus there, right? Try to help in that category. So I try to explain to guys that it's not, you know. All roses. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of dedication. And if you're not committed to it, do something else. Uh, you can still make an impact without having to form your own foundation. And what is, you know, you've cemented your, your legacy in football. You've been Hall of Fame for 100, 200 years, right? So your legacy is cemented in that. What is your, what is your Hall of Fame career? Like, what does your legacy look like? And what's next for you with your foundation? What does that look like? Well, my, my true legacy uh, I believe is uh, my children. So I've got a, a, a 18 year old daughter and I've got a 16 year old son and it's been a challenge <laughs> raising them. <laughs> That's been the, the, the toughest uh, of all challenges. Uh, so I'm, I'm extremely proud of, of who they are becoming uh, and, and looking forward to seeing the next stage uh, of their lives and, and how they evolve and grow and so that's that's the part that that I'm uh, I'm most excited about. But I'm also excited about the foundation in terms of where where it's going uh, to have the ability to start the programs. Uh, that's that's where I believe we've been able to make the biggest difference. And I think what I want to eventually do is is because I, I see the entrepreneurial um programs are benefiting the kids and I want to grow that. So I want to ultimately be in more cities, more States trying to show, um, these young kids, um, that are, and, and my foundation really focuses on, on at risk kids, because that's what I was. I was an at risk kids and underprivileged kids that don't have that opportunity, right? They're not getting the resources that they they really desperately need. And so we try to bridge that gap. And so <clears throat> try to come into a couple cities, you know, and, and grow and and provide some of these uh, resources and, and, and develop some of the entrepreneurial skills that um, I know they, they have, but they've yeah, it hasn't been been touched on because it's not something that you learn in school. It's not something that they, they it's in the manual, right? And so we take them step by step and, and we show them and, and, and they see because you've got to understand, and I tell all the kids, I mean, Nike was a, was a uh, idea in a guy's head, right? It wasn't just this, this, this name brand company. It was an idea. It started, right, just like you're thinking about what you want to do. 
that's how that company started. Apple, it was an idea, right? It started, it's all, all these companies started with an idea, right? And so once they realized that it's all of it was an entrepreneurial spirit that got all of these companies started, then they, they grasped it and realized it. And I think that's something that, that is not taught uh, in, in our country. Uh, and so I want to try to expand that and grow that uh, so that more kids believe that um, their ideas are important because if they believe their ideas are important, they act on them. They do more. They dream more. They believe they can be more. And all of a sudden, then you start to see that growth, that development, not just in companies, but in life. And so that's the goal. And I think ultimately, as you as we close here, as we're coming, uh, coming short on time, in your Hall of Fame speech, you talk to your son directly. 2006, you lost your, you lost your father. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. What did your dad, is he smiling down on you right now? What is he thinking right now in your mind? Uh, yeah, I, I think he is. He's smiling. He's smiling, you know, to see my daughter because he was he was so big on the girls, right? Uh, because my brother has, has uh, two daughters. And so he was so big on the girls, right? And to see them and see how my daughter has grown and, and, and developed and, and become the young lady that she is. And then to see my son, to see how respectful, how, how kind he is, and to see how he's been able to grow. And, and so my charge to him was to be better, be better than me, right? Be a better person than I, I am. And he is, right? And I'm seeing it. And so my dad would be so proud to see um, that his name is being carried in the right way. And, I, and uh, that's what I'm, uh, I'm proud of too. That is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Awesome is special, man. We appreciate you being joining us on the show, but before we go, please tell everybody where they can go to support you. The bus stops here, foundation.org. All of the information, all the things that we're doing uh, is there and, uh, and they can, they can help. And um, it's not just, you know, financial, it's time as well. You know, you know, volunteers and, and those type of things that that's always needed as well. When, when you implement uh, some of the programs or the, uh, the golf tournament or, or some of the other things that we do, you, you need help. And so whatever help uh, we can get, we are appreciative. So uh, the bus stops here, foundation.org. Uh, is where they can go and and find us. Thanks, JB. I appreciate you, man. man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate (laughs) it, man. You guys, I I just got to give you guys uh, uh, your flowers as well in terms of being able to shine a light on foundations, right? And and like I said earlier, what the NFL is doing in terms of of promoting – all of the foundations that each of these finalists have in each of their cities, you know, they're talking about it there. They, they do a commercial and they show. And so now people see what they're doing, but, um, but you're able to reach so many people uh, and impact uh, so many people and help all of these different foundations. So a credit to you guys, man, for what you guys do. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. Find us on YouTube, Instagram, and LinkedIn and comment on what inspires you to be a giving legend in your community.